We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, do you have uh, Karsten Creek-driven uh, anxiety? You ready for the national championship coming <laughs> up soon? Oklahoma State rolls in the Columbus Regional. They beat uh, Illinois by eight. They beat uh, Cleveland State by 85. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did they actually I, win by 85 strokes? I didn't, I didn't Yeah, Cle- Cleveland State was uh, 77 over and Oklahoma State was 8 under. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm coming up next week. Uh, a couple other golf media friends are going to be there so yeah are you like the uh are you like the grand marshal for the media like you have to show everybody around stillwater all weekend maybe i don't know i was asked for my restaurant rankings on on two or on wednesday and now i'm excited it carson's obviously awesome and i think it's i think Oklahoma state's in a tough spot because they're they're oh man are they ever just i mean it's like I mean, I think I used this analogy before. It's like Kansas playing the Final Four in, in Allen Fieldhouse. Yep. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You're you're supposed to easily win, and so anything. Well, and yeah. Other than that, it will just be. I don't know. It's just, it's a tough spot. It's going. I've been saying it for weeks now. It is going to be an insane amount of pressure. Not only are you number one, and you've won, you know, a school record amount of tournaments thus far, and you dominate your regional. But it's on your home course. You have the Golf Channel following you around, doing a documentary on it. It just there's a different level with this tournament than anything they've ever faced before. And I don't know. There's a ton of pressure. I was playing golf yesterday with a guy who who played golf at a pretty high level, and he brought it up. He was like, "Dude, OSU is going to have so much pressure on them <laughs> at Karsten Creek. It's going to be insane." And then you throw in the fact of the unpredictability of match play, which just throws those are those match play style uh, of golf is like just pressurized in and of itself. Then you throw in all those other factors. So yeah, it's going to be a ton of pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but it will be a lot of fun and they've got some stud freshmen and I'm excited to see the course. There's eight, I think eight big 12 teams that'll be competing. So where can uh, I be- purchase, where can I purchase some Matthew Wolf stock for the PGA <laughs> tour? Can I get it's- on that early? His swing is so fascinating. Did you it's see? It's different, the, right? Have you seen it? Yeah, it's like he—he he j- there's just a lot going on. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of movement. There's a lot of kind of winding up, and it's it's pretty interesting. But well, I, I saw on the show. I didn't get to watch the whole episode, but he was working with uh, George Gankus, who's like a very uh, famous swing coach, and even he was like. Yeah, his swing's different, and there's a lot going on, but he's going to be a top 10 player in the world, I'm convinced, because <laughs> he can replicate it. He can replicate yeah. his swing. Yeah, so, totally. I'm looking forward to watching him. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I think that I was talking about this with my buddy Brendan Porath uh, about the Players' Championship last week, which Webb Simpson won. And he was like, look, Webb Simpson's swing, it's, it's not like aesthetically beautiful, but I prefer that to some – data point driven swing that's like created in a lab because it's his (laughs) and he understands it and knows what it's doing. And, um, so yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, all that to say, I'm pumped. Are you, are you going up any of the days for Karsten? I'm not sure yet. I hope so. It it runs from like the weekend through like a Monday and Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah. I can't remember what the dates are. It started like today with the women. I think there's like a women's practice round today. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it goes through Wednesday of the week after next, so it's right. it's a it's an ordeal. It's a it's a full two week deal. I might uh, I might make it up there since I was worried about it being just on the weekend because I got to be in studio on the weekend. But I can make Monday and Tuesday work for sure. Yeah, final yeah, round is on Wednesday. Final round is on Monday, and then the match play starts Tuesday, and the championships on Wednesday. So, ooh, buddy. Yeah, I'll be up there for wait. for that stuff. I might head home early if OSU loses, but anyway, we've got, uh, we got some football to talk about. We've got some stuff going on with, uh, recruiting. I wanted to get your take on my post spring storylines and then, uh, talk a little Spencer Sanders Q and a. So let's, let's, uh, lead things off Dax and justice Hill, the mother's day mayhem <laughs> on social media. What was your take on that? 
did Lincoln Riley send him a cease and desist for using the, <laughs> the eyeball emoji? Uh, no, I, uh, you know, Dax Hill is just, we all saw what he did at that combine or whatever, which just further cements that he's one of the very best players in the entire country. So it's, it's going to be a heated recruitment all the way down to the wire. And I, there's going to be a lot of anxiety over him and justice seemed to uh, stoke the flame. Although it was nice to see justice tweet that instead of Dax to Norman. Can you imagine if he had tweeted that, Not how good. people would be reacting? So, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because Dax Hill, I know his brother's at OSU, but literally the best schools in the country want this guy. And they're going to be putting on the full court press and they're going to be negatively recruiting Oklahoma State. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if Gundy can land one of the bigger fish, probably the biggest fish ever, right? He, he would be the highest recruit I think Gundy's ever ever gotten. Yeah, for, for Gundy it would be. Uh, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a short thing today just about Dax. and I, I, my, my whole take on this, it, I, I have no idea if Dax Hill is going to be a good college football player or a pro or anything like that. I, I presume he is based on the fact that he's a top 15 recruit. It's just kind of fun to be in the mix for a game-changing freshman, right? Like, this is not a thing. This is not a world that Oklahoma State exists in. And, you know, whether you think they should or not, I – I just think the whole, like, and it's going to be dramatic and whatever, but I don't know. Like, it's just fun to me. I, I think it's I think it's an enjoyable experience, and it's fun for Oklahoma State to, to kind of be mixing it up with some of the best teams in the country. Now, the reason that it's happening is obviously because his brother goes there, but who cares? Like, I, I don't care what the reason is. I just care that it's happening. Does For that reason, do you think Gundy is a little – rusty on how to recruit a top, a top 10 player in the country. <laughs> I mean, it's a different who, deal than recruiting your, you know, your James Washington's from single A football in Texas or whatever, double A, whatever he was. Who, who's the, uh, who's the last guy they had that was this highly rated Herschel Sims, maybe Ronald Jones. I mean, just in terms of like that, they're really going after probably Plus, Herschel Sims. Yeah. I mean, Jones probably too, but I think, I think Sims was a legit, almost near five star across the board. Yeah. So I'd so probably go with him. It's been a while. Um, that's probably why Gundy quit recruiting five stars. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it didn't work. It didn't really pan out with Herschel. Although he's, he's actually, did you know Herschel Walker or Herschel Walker? Herschel Sims has become a football coach. He's coaching at, uh, yeah. Abilene Christian, I believe. Is he he's coaching? On Walsh? His, I think so. I think he's yeah. kind of turned his, his life around. It's a good deal for him. Pretty cool. Um, but, uh, no, what, what do you what do you make of the Dax? And I didn't get your your general take on it. Do you, I mean, well, just, you just think it's fun just to get involved. Yeah, I don't think what he's like him tweeting out anything really means much in May. I think it's just like just having fun, whatever, just messing with people. Uh, I mean, we messed with people when we were eighteen because that's what you do when you're eighteen. I don't. I don't think it like means that he's going to Oklahoma State or not going to Oklahoma State. I. I just think that. And, and a little bit. Of, a little bit of this is self-serving because the more five stars Oklahoma State goes after, the better it is for my website. But I. I, I just think the general. It. The. The thing that I wrote is it gets a little. It gets a little tiring, like the three-star thing, because it's like the same thing every time. Like, oh, this guy's a three-star. He was the. 28th best player in Texas and he has a chip on his shoulder because he thinks nobody believes in him like that's the summary of a lot of our stuff because that's what kids say and so to change that up and and be in the mix for somebody who's a superstar uh, I just I find it interesting and fun well and I do too and I just I do wonder how much justice is really going to play into this considering this is probably what justice's last year right this is his third year in school yeah i i would expect him to go pro if he has a season like he did a year ago um i think he'll test through the roof kind of like his brother did at the high school camp so i'm not sure it's a case where you know justice will even be there if dax chooses to go to stillwater so that's a that's a concern too for people who think oh he's just, he, he'll definitely just want to go play with his brother his brother might not even be there for all yeah. we know yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, I want to get your take on my five post-spring storylines. I'm going to just roll through them and just kind of get get your feelings on them. So, number one storyline, post-spring ball, uh, the battle for QB1. Agree or disagree? Uh, agree. Anytime there's a quarterback battle, it makes 
you know, the off season that much more intriguing. Uh, and it's just, it's such an unknown, right? I mean, we've seen Taylor Cornelius a tad, a tiny bit. We've seen Wood T for a, a half maybe <laughs> against uh, South Alabama. So the, there's, to, there's all these quarterbacks who, who have seemingly been on the roster for a couple years and we've seen them throw single digit amount of passes. So it's just a total unknown. And obviously it'll really heat up when, when Spencer Sanders and, and Drew Brown get on campus. But uh, for me, it's just the unknown of it all. I think we had a good idea with Chelf and Walsh and Lunt, kind of what they were and who they, who they were as players. But I don't really have any idea what any of those guys are. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I think it's the obvious number one, and I don't know that there's a close second, but my second was uh, Oklahoma State's depth of running back. I, I got a quote for you here uh, from Mike Gundy. He said, well, we got four running backs right now, and we're going to use them. And this was the part that was interesting to me. We would like to be able to limit Justice's carries in a game to 15 or so. I think we're going to be able to do that. I feel good about where we're at from a depth standpoint. Do you really think Mike Gundy's going to limit Justice Hill's carries to 15 a game? Heck no. When when There's he no- gets in the heat when he gets in the heat of battle, like he like he did last year when we were all saying Justice was getting too many carries and why don't they hand the ball to uh, JD King more? He, he's their best player and Gundy's going to want the ball in his best player's hands. So I. 15 to me would be the the floor of a game for Justice Hill, and it should be. He is their best yeah. player. I understand they're going to throw him some passes as well, but he has shown that he even gets for a for a running back who's slider of build. He's shown that he can he can last in the fourth quarter. I remember that that Bedlam shootout. He was running people over in the second half. So I I would uh, disagree with that. But no, it's their depth is off the charts. I think we're all excited to see Chuba, the Choo Choo. <laughs> See what he can do. Uh, I mean, LD, LD Brown's a really good player. He he flashed a few times last year. Uh, and I think I've been saying it since that Texas Tech game. The, the red zone offense should be J.D. King. Just hand him the ball. No one's going to tackle him. He's going to run over everybody. And he did so in the orange and white game. I saw he, he, he flattened some poor dude and just walked into the end zone. Yeah. I'm, I'm fired up about that aspect of the team. I am too. And I, I think it's – it's easy to forget about it because none of those guys are, I don't know, those guys have been there and you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, Justice is great. Justice is awesome. Like, he's one of the best <laughs> running backs in the country. And I think that their depth at running back is, the is to me, is the second biggest storyline going into the fall. Um, well, he, Justice is going to get a lot of hype. And I think some people that don't follow OSU maybe as closely are going to wonder why. I would just tell them to go back and watch Bedlam. In a game in which there was like a thousand points scored, he was the best player on the field. So he he deserves all that hype, and I, I can't wait to watch him this year. Well, you had the number one dra- the number one draft pick for the 2018 NFL draft on the field. You had the number one draft pick from the 2019 NFL draft in uh, Tyron Johnson, <laughs> and of course, and, Ju- and Justice was the best player. Uh, uh, I'm, I. Tyron, I, that's a whole other podcast. We'll, we'll talk about him as the summer progresses. We'll, we'll get to him. He's he's coming up on this list. Number three, oh. number three is um, a more aggressive defense. Presumably, a more aggressive defense. I, I think that is the third biggest storyline for me heading into uh, like like if you're looking at the bridge from spring to summer, it's just you know is this Jim Knowles defense going to be more aggressive in in, in play up on guys more than Glenn Spencer's did. Yeah, and that isn't that kind of stunning that that now that that's kind of the the narrative about Glenn cuz remember when he took over like he was he was brought in to do the same thing, right? We all thought Bill Young had guys sagging off too much. I thought Glenn was really aggressive to begin his career and I think he even blitzed plenty at, at times uh, last year. He just did it at inopportune times and times that were ill-advised. And I think offenses could tell when he wanted to and were able to get reads on him. And obviously it just didn't work for whatever reason with Glenn, but I don't know how much more aggressive Jim Knowles is going to be. Again, we haven't really got a chance to talk to him yet as far as TV is concerned, but um, I do think he's going to run more 4-2-5, obviously. That's kind of why he was brought in. I'm interested to see the, the schematic changes more than – the aggression, but yeah, even in that that bowl game against Virginia Tech, I think we all watched it and we're like, uh, are they gonna are they gonna come up on these guys? Or are they gonna let them march right down the field with short passes? So um, that that is 
that is a huge storyline. I, I think it's even going unnoticed is just the, the change of defensive coordinator. And that's really what's been holding OSU football back since the beginning of time. So we'll see what kind of coach Jim Knowles is. Yeah. I, I'm excited to talk to him at the, uh, the golf uh, media outing. Presumably he'll be allowed to talk or he'll be available to talk at the golf media outing in, in July or whenever it's held. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. No and Gundy. Okay, number four, top tier Tyron. Uh, just just the idea that Tyron is your guy now, and I still go back and I wrote this to Bedlam last year with the chip. This is what I wrote with the chips down in the second half. James Washington on the shelf and so many legacies and titles and all manner of history on the line. Mason Rudolph turned to Tyron many many times. Talent and pedigree mm-hmm. went out when games become street fights, and Tyron has more raw ability than anyone else on OSU's roster and. You know, I think that we're going to see that this year. I And maybe not. Maybe Oklahoma State just runs it 58 times a game and Gundy takes the 8-5 and five record and moves on to, on to 2019, on to Cincinnati. But I, I hope we get to see it. I hope we get to see the full Tyron experience. And uh, I don't know. To me, he's one of the bigger storylines heading into the year. I mean, I hope, I hope we see that too. I, I just – I'm dubious because – they didn't utilize him at all last year. He barely played. So is he really going to go from a guy who barely played uh, to the number one, you know, basically the James Washington of, of this team? I I don't know. I don't know why the reasons were he wasn't used. Obviously, I'm sure the coaches had their reasons. We were just we're not privy to them. Uh, I hope we get to see top-tier Tyron. But as of right now, I, I think Dylan Stoner is going to be the number one receiver. But I do think you're right. I think Tyron, and I've been – beating that that drum as hard as anybody is he's got a different level of talent than anyone they have on their team he is an lsu wide receiver who's at who's at oklahoma state and you can see the difference right the first time you and i saw him we were like who is that and get him the ball so (laughs) i'm intrigued i'm hopeful but uh i'm gonna have to see it to believe it because the bedlam game was kind of a one-off he kind of disappeared after that but uh you're right he has all the talent He's every bit as talented as James Washington. I just I don't know if he is as diligent as James. We'll have to find out. Uh, and then number five, my my fifth storyline for the fall or for the post spring uh, game is who are the future stars? You know, we saw Justice Hill twenty sixteen, Calvin Bundage twenty seventeen. These are guys whose names. I mean, if you were deep in the OSU world, you knew their names, but they became names that everybody in the Big Twelve knew. Uh, in in those particular seasons, and I'm curious to see in 2018. Is it Malcolm Rodriguez? Is it Brock Martin? Is it Javion Cardwell as a freshman? Is it Tillon Wallace, C.J. Moore? There, there's a lot of different guys that it could be, but who will it actually be? I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I am too, and I think we'll hear around you know August fall camp word typically starts to leak out who is really turning heads as true freshmen. That always seems to come around. I, I remember talking with someone at OSU. Uh, they kept bringing up Marcel Aitman when he was a redshirt freshman. So uh, I'll have my ear to the ground. and I'll, I think Dylan Stoner, obviously, we remember hearing all the words about him as a, as a true freshman. Uh, so it's going to be intriguing. I, I really like the kid that uh, you guys just did a Q&A with on the blog, the, the Jordan Shepard. Or uh, John, John, Jonathan Shepard. Jonathan Shepard. Uh, I liked him a lot. I liked his tape a lot, and uh, he's a bigger guy, and he's he's kind of coming in under the radar behind a CJ Moore uh, and those types. But uh, that's a guy that intrigues me quite a bit too. Yeah, he is interesting. There's a, and and you yeah, like you don't know who it's going to be, and that's why it's I don't know that it, it's a, remember uh, I guess it was two two or three years ago when uh, you started hearing the the Chris Carson stuff in fall camp. You're like whoa, like what's going on here? Who, why is this guy, how did this guy end up at Oklahoma state <laughs> and like pictures started being leaked out and, and all this different stuff. And there, there's always, I don't know. There's like you said, there's seemingly always that one guy or two guys or whatever during fall camp that you hear a lot about. Yeah. The, people were talking up Chris Carson, like he was Herschel Walker. Speaking of Herschel Walker, I mentioned <laughs> yeah. it earlier in the podcast. That's, that's who we thought Chris Carson was going to be. Um, okay, real quick, I want to talk Spencer Sanders. We did a Q and, big Q&A with him last week. Or, yeah, end of last week, beginning of this week. 
what did you see of it? What did you take away from it? And how did your view of him change based on it? Well, he just seems, you know, so many of these freshman quarterback types that have been to, you know, the elite rivals camps and all that stuff, they're just so polished already, even though they should be going to prom. Uh, that that struck me, and uh, I don't think I can favor him for the job anymore since he likes Kevin Durant. I don't know. That's kind of my big takeaway. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I uh, I thought that was good stuff. We got to get him on the podcast too. Well, we I mean we could use like I have 35 minutes of tape. We could just throw it in here on the podcast. Oh, okay, that's a episode that's in the can uh, what was your biggest takeaway you, you know you talked to him what, what was your big takeaway yeah he was very uh you know when you talk to guys and guys are um sort of hesitant or they kind of shy away from answers or whatever mm-hmm. he did not do that he i i was i was kind of i wasn't coming at him but you, you can ask questions in a way that's it's I don't know. The back and forth was, was really good. And I was impressed by that because I didn't act like that when I was 18. I, I, I would not have been able to go back and forth the way he did. And, and I, I didn't think all of his answers were, I didn't necessarily agree with all of them, but the way he delivered them told me a lot. And I know that sounds really stupid because you're like, you, you were on Skype with him for 35 minutes. Like, what can you tell about that? It just, I don't know. He just exuded a maturity that, I don't know if it surprised me, but it's it's not something that it, it's something you have to talk to him or like listen to him closely to to be able to to pick up on. And so, does that mean he wins the starting job? No. Does that mean that he's an all star for four years in Stillwater? No. But I was impressed by that, and it, there was a little bit of it factor there with with him for me. That's interesting. I think. Uh... I think Mason had a little bit of that too. I remember, you know, we obviously don't don't get to talk to true freshmen, but he won that Bedlam game after he had been taken out of redshirt, and they made him available since you know the season was essentially over. And he was already talking a lot like how you like a lot like how he does now, and uh, he kind of had that that air about him to where um, he sounded pretty polished and and pretty put together. And I think that's I think I've always said like good interview subjects like that they're just. You have to be smart, I think, to be a, a good interview like that way. A lot of yeah. the people who yeah. aren't as smart aren't as good at interviews, as, as sad as that is. It's true. So it, to me, that speaks to a certain level of intelligence when you're 17, 18 years old and, and can, can speak that well and that, that clearly. So that that's intriguing. There's a lot to like about him, and that's just another aspect. Obviously, he's a great football player, and I'm very interested to see. And I think we'll know, too, about the quarterback job, how many reps he's taking come August Kennedy's big on reps. That's all he cares about, right? Like that—that that determines who the starter is going to be. So it's going to be interesting how they divvy that up because there's a lot of reps to go around. It's a full quarterback room when you get Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders along with the guys who are already there. So that's—I uh, can't wait. I, you know, we're talking here. It's—it's it's May. I, I wish it was August already. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Okay, it's time for the Coupel Works Guest of the Week. Coupel Works, brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupel Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, Carson, we have a, uh, a pretty, pretty special guest, maybe the most special we've ever had on our podcast today. Yeah, I think when we started this and we could uh, drop a list of dream guests, I think this guy would be number one or number two. Uh, sounds a little windy where you're at. Uh, we have to address that. I guess Kyle is out at the Byron Nelson right now doing some work for CBS. Uh, I'm still in the uh, my podcast shed. But uh, no, uh, we're going to have Tony Allen on the pod, uh, Mr. First team all defense. We're gonna give him a call and uh, see what he's up to now that the uh, NBA season's over. Yeah, we're about to call him. I apologize. We kind of split this into two days, uh, but we got it all in. And uh, Tony, Tony's the star. So let's call him and hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, Tony Allen, uh, former Oklahoma State uh, All Big Twelve player, and uh, obviously had a great career in the NBA. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. 
No problem, Tony. What are you, what are you up to nowadays? Uh, now the NBA season's over, uh, where are you at, and what's your uh, your future look like? Well, right now, uh, I'm I'm going through a process right now of uh, you know getting my daughter through um, the finishing year of uh, high school. Uh, she's getting ready to go to um, college, and um, that's going kind of like take up a lot of my time right now at the moment. But um, covering from injury, trying to, you know, get to 100% as far as basketball and uh, just enjoying my time with, you know, with the family. That's great. I, I was going back. I, I want to jump into the Oklahoma State thing. Um, I, I was going back and looking at some old interviews that you gave. And, and when you were in junior college, uh, you were getting pretty heavily recruited by multiple schools and, and Oklahoma State was showing interest. And I saw an interview that you gave where you said this Oklahoma State cat is at every single game. Who, who was that? And, and what was that recruitment process like in, in coming to Oklahoma State? Uh, it was a guy named Glenn Cyprian. Uh, he basically uh, was the recruit at the time, you know, uh, looking for a guard, a six-four guard, Bill, basically my size, my frame. Uh, coming out of um, junior college, I was kind of skinny. I think I was probably like maybe one hundred ninety-five pound, one hundred eighty-five pound. I don't know, but uh, he basically just told me, yo, like you can come and play at the university right now. Like when all that process. During that whole process, like just just looking at me, like like I want you, like like whispering in words, like I want you to play right now, like <laughs> like just whispering words to me, like I'm like I'm reading his lips, like play right now, like I'm like come here, I'm like 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 you know what I mean? I'm looking at him like I'm looking at him basically just he he let me know that. He, Put it like this. It was a guy named Antoine Barber. He was the high recruit, you know what I mean? He went to Kentucky, and he basically had all the schools across the nation coming to every game. But this specific guy was trying to make it known that, you know, hey, I'm not here for him. I'm, I'm here for you. Like, play well. I need something to go back to the to the drawing board with. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of what I took at it, at it as I look back now because I know him very well. He's a great friend of mine, Glenn Sibling. He's the um, head coach for the D-League, uh, D-League Memphis Grizzly team. G-League, I mean. Excuse me. And uh, a cool guy, man. Just I, I, I took a liking into him. At the end of the, the recruiting process, uh, I could add that, you know, by him doing that, I, I believe him. You know what I mean? And – like him just winking his eye at me, that was kind of strange. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, him just trying to do the best he could, you know, and letting me know that, you know, Oklahoma State uh, on me there. And uh, it actually worked because I had five other schools. I had Creighton, Arizona State, uh, Cincinnati, and uh, DePaul had came on late. And uh, – I think y'all said Creighton, yeah. So, yeah, that was, those were the other schools. And the, when we put the schools down on the table, I said, you know what, I'm going to Oklahoma State first. Came back, funny story, I came back, right? Came back, and I was like, the coach had like four other schools for me to go to. And I'm like, yo, coach, <laughs> I'm going to Oklahoma State. <laughs> he was so <laughs> mad. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> he, had, he had to talk to all those coaches. And he, I mean, I'm talking about, you talk about a scrolling. Oh man, he roasted me apart. Like he was like Tony, because he never he never swore nothing, he never took said any curse words. He was just like Timothy Christmas. <laughs> 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 he was he was saying words like look. He was like he was saying stuff like he was saying something like jeez. He kept saying like <laughs> ta like he like he was so upset like like I'm talking about all throughout the conversation. He was like, I, I lined up these schools, but little did he know that this was just, and this was tricky. And nobody, no one knows the story. But me and you guys, I'm telling you now, this is what was tricky about that. Like, I once I saw the schools, like I saw, like once I saw the schools that that, that stopped coming after Antoine Barber signed, like committed to Kentucky. The guy named was Antoine Barber that everybody would love on my team. He was finished up, I think MVP in our conference, but. 
he committed to Kentucky and all the other schools just stopped coming. Like all the other big schools, you name any of the big schools coming. I said Kentucky. Now you think any other big schools want this guy? He could have went straight to the junior college to the NBA. Now when when he committed, you know what schools start coming then? Uh, yo 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 Alabama A and M's. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like like I ain't I ain't crazy now. I'm like okay, I right, now now fat meat is getting greased. Because all the all the D one schools in the Big Twelve, like the Nebraska, the Texas, the Texas Tech, you know, uh, I think at the time Bob Knight was even coming out to see this guy, and uh, I'm like, yo, these guys just stopped coming midway through the season. So the only big school was left at the time was the guy in the orange shirt winking at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach, Coach <laughs> so it's kind of like, so right, Coach Sip. So it was kind of like. Me having the strategic plan on my own, and I don't think till this day my coach, uh, his name Mark Nelson at the time, I don't think he realized this at the time as I was looking forward to my future. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm looking at all these schools, and I'm like, Coach, you got all these schools lined up for me. Granted, all the schools that's been coming to pack out our our, our little uh, state, little gyms or whatever, they fill with big, big, big name schools that's looking for our big time guy. Nothing was secure about me going to school. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I can even take it back further than that, man. I know we're talking about Oklahoma State. Before I even got there, the, the journey to get into Oklahoma State was so much of a blessing to me because when I came out of high school, I did not have a school to go to. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the only way I got to a school to go to was because meeting a guy named James Peters. You know, he... He basically was a guy that uh, was supposed to go out of high school. However, his eligibility had ran up. He was 19. So he had to go get a GED somewhere, you know, try to latch on to a, a junior college. He, he did that big-name guy, and uh, he went to Julian High School in, in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I caught him at the program one day. He saw me. I had my gym shoes. I was ready to play. Somebody needed an extra. He put me on the team. We played. I asked him what school he was going to. He said, man, you come down here with me. I'm down here getting my GED. I said, what? You supposed to be going to, to the NBA? He said, man, no, nah, I had flunked out half of the season. I said, well, I said, okay, that's what happened. And then he said, yeah, I'm getting the GED. He said, if you want to come down there, they got another scholarship. This man called a good friend of mine till the day, Dennis Hams, coach at uh, Butler Community College. And uh, this guy – Put me on my first flight. That was my first Southwest flight, I believe. <laughs> I had gotten my first flight. I went all the way down to uh, uh what's the kid? Is it uh, what is Butler? What is Butler? Is it Wichita? No, they ain't Wichita, Kansas. Uh, El Dorado, Kansas. I was in El Dorado, Kansas. I mean, uh, El Dorado. Yeah, was that, is that it? I think yeah, that's it. Sounds right. That's it. Yeah, El Dorado, Kansas. Okay, so look, I went out there and I had to. Play a pickup. I played a pickup. Now, when I went out there to this pickup, mind you, I'm just—I don't know if I'm gonna get a, a scholarship or not. I just told my mom I'm getting on the plane. This dude won't see if I can play basketball. I'm gonna go out here and try to get a scholarship. So I went out there, played some dude. Uh, the dude was from like—he uh, was like—I want to say he was from New Orleans somewhere. I'm not really sure, but man, we had to play pickup. I was pulling out all my best, Allen Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> crossovers. I was trying to. I was trying to do all of the Jordan fadeaway shots. I was five, four, three, two, one, like in Utah. I'm talking. I was pulling out all my moves, <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to get picked up that way, man. So yeah. seeing the coach, seeing the coach come to a game for me in in junior college, I'm like, yo, I'm one step away. I'm one step away because all I gotta do is get to that platform where I got a big name coach, TV, and. That's my that's my uh, application to the NBA. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you did play. That nobody, for... nobody, listen, listen. Nobody never knew that little that little science that just went through my head and the history of it. But I was thinking that at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a wild story. How you how you got your start? I mean, you played for a legendary yeah. coach, Eddie Sutton. What was it like playing Man, for him he... at Oklahoma State? And that's what I'm talking about right there. I'm glad we got to that. Now, see. Going to Eddie Sutton, man, that was my basketball coach, man, and more so like, like I, I don't want to say father because he he played he had the father figure role with after after he got finished talking about basketball, but he was a great advisor. He was a he was a great he showed great interest in, and had my best interest all while I was at Oklahoma State and even 
still to this day. You know, he he when he when he used to hear my voice, you know, he always would tell me, Let me get a hug, let me get a hug, let me get a hug. And I could give y'all some funny stories about that before we get to talking about the great Eddie Sun, man. You know, he the first day I came on campus, right? So the first day I came for part of the recruiting process. So right after right after I I, I, I took uh an offer with the guy in the orange shirt who was winking at me. I had <laughs> Go, I had to I had to go meet Eddie Sutton, you know what I mean? So uh, the first day I met him, the first day I met him, you know what I asked him? I asked him, I said, I said, Coach Sutton, I said, my plan is to get to the NBA. I said, I don't know if you realize my journey and even getting right here, but I said, man, if I sign to this school, man, and it's just how I'm talking to him. I'm like, I'm like, Coach, if I sign to this school, I say, am I going to go to the NBA? He took a real deep breath, leaned back in his chair. And you know what he told me? He said, if you listen to everything I tell you to do, they listen to everything I tell you to do, and give me 110%, I don't see why not. I That's said, awesome. Coach. I said, Coach. I said, Coach, where I, I sign it? <laughs> 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 you see what I'm saying? So that's how that's I'm giving y'all the burst of all this. You know what I mean? I ain't I, I know we could talk about all these good people, but you know, just for me to become just for me to come there and just have have like 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 seeing just Coach Sutton, Coach uh Maurice uh Baker, uh uh Desmond Mason, you know, uh seeing he, he was he was so close to like seven hundred wins at the time and he just was on his mark was going up. It's, his history and just coaching and playing in big time games and being in final four appearances. Like I was in awe in meeting him. You see what I'm saying? He was like sorta of like uh uh you know how Oh man, it's like it's like I wouldn't say the president, but it's like you wanna meet people you can't get close to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in the basketball world at the time it was like, yo, how do only way to get close to Eddie Sun is just man have your game there, and I was fortunate enough to play well enough to get his attention, and I was man I was so I was so excited man like at, uh, looking at the schools that I had and seeing what I was in front of I, I ain't had no choice but to sign and and, and give hundred and ten percent once he gave me his word you know what I mean and, and from just coming there and looking at those times he brand me on the court whenever I whenever I was probably. Malvin off in practice or just not giving effort. Like all those extra sprints, those extra stairs I had to run and, and, and extra conditioning laps for not getting back on defense and film. Like everything he did, he made, he molded me to be mentally tough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I can see this coach like just as a, as a Hall of Fame guy, the greatest coaches that ever coached me, right? And I could praise him, praise him, praise him. Then he'd get on me. You know what I mean? You know, most most coaches throughout my career, they'd get on me, and I just I won't say nothing to him for the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. this was the coach Sutton. He was the only one to help me with that mental toughness. You know what I'm saying? Like, like normally I I probably mouth back, but coach would would, would would make the words come out of his mouth so blatant, far as about me getting to the NBA, like. You think that's a good move? You think you could get away with getting over there with that move? That's going to be getting blocked in the NBA. That's a crappy move. Like, you see what I'm saying? Coach just straight up destroying my – I'm talking about killing me. But I I want to work – I remember him telling me if I gave 110%. You see what I'm saying? And me giving 110% ain't – it must be me just 110% requirement. But at the same time, I want to, I want to work so hard so I can just shut him up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And it it worked because I mean, like, coach just he just he just fell in love with me because I didn't fold, I believe. That's I think that's why today he loved me so much because he was on me so much. I'm talking about I'm the star player. He owned me so much, like everything I do. Like I can't even he'll walk into like a like a like a like a tutoring class of mine or someone and or or a study room class of mine, he'd be like, Tony, I look up, I'll be scared, be like Give me a hug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's how cool we was, and I liked the, the the tough love that he always showed me because it made me mentally tough. And from day one, man, I took I took into his word, man. I 
I listened to him. I called him. Even when I got a little notoriety in the NBA, I always called. He always tell me, playing well, keep defense first, man. Hold your hat on the defensive end. That's going to get you 10, 10, 15 years in the NBA. And he didn't lie to me at all. He didn't lie to me at all. So, man, I, I got the most respect for Eddie Sun, man. Shout out to big Glenn Cyprian, big coach over there at the uh, <laughs> he had the uh, the G League over there. He, he ain't in the college ranks no more, so he moving up to see his progress, man. I'm proud of that, and we all a Cowboy family, man. You know what I mean? Like just to see us sharing, like sharing tears in, in, in the Final Four, to us maneuvering now and coaches being a legendary, and I believe he'll be in Hall of Fame. Like I'm talking about great that everybody's going to remember if, if I got something to talk about. You know what I'm going to talk about? You know what I'm talking about? Like, if I got to speak on Coach's name about anything, it's the utmost respect. And I thank him I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for Coach. You see what I'm saying? Especially if anybody understands my journey. I, I went I went back and read about the night uh, you guys won the, the Big 12 regular season championship against Texas uh, your your final year and I believe that was the last time anybody besides Kansas won the Big 12 um, and, and there was a moment that you guys had where you hugged at midcourt and I don't know what all was said but how, what do you remember about that night about that Texas game about that moment with with coach Sutton and, and just kind of the culmination of, of your career in uh, Gallagher Iba well, I knew I knew my junior year we was we was like short two two pro athletes. And when I say two pro athletes, I mean Joy Graham and Stevie Graham. And we fell so short for those with those seniors that we had Melvin Sanders and uh, uh, Victor Williams. And those guys or whatever, and we—that was my first taste of the Big Twelve, and just being able to sit back and watch Coach prepare for games, go through shoot arounds, and see how intense he is in game, off game. My senior year, going into my senior year, I had played so well as a newcomer of the year, I could have actually came out in the LeBron James draft in 2003. Coach pulled me to the side and told me like, "Yo." You're not ready for the NBA yet. Stay with me one more year, and we're going to try to win a championship. Right? So I'm thinking, I don't even got, like, NBA in my head, this shit. I'm newcomer of the year. And I got player of the year out of left. I got newcomer of the year. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I, I got to stay one more year. So that they, they thinking on the same page as I'm thinking, though. You know what I'm saying? they like, yo, you're not ready. You know what I'm saying? We know the Athlon magazine got you pumped up and all that, but you're not ready. <laughs> such, 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 such. Because I was a vivid Athlon magazine reader. I always wanted to see what my ranks was at after, you know what I'm saying, finishing up strong, but in a junior college. So I um I, I listened to Coach Dan. Like, I, like everything he was telling me, like I said, I remember it like yesterday because he was telling me, like, yo, we're going to win it. So all I did was was get my body in shape. I got, it, I got ready for uh, the next year, and we had – you know, looked at the situation where we had Joy Graham coming back to start at the five. I mean, at the four. We had Adam McFarlane at the five. And this is the blueprint they put out. And it was like uh, Tony Allen at the uh, two. And we will play Daniel Bobbick at the three, which I probably thought Stevie Graham should have played. But, you know, I can't go against Coach. But, uh, <laughs> and we had, and we lucked up, we lucked up against, um, we lucked up against, um, 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 What's his name? Uh, John Lucas. A good bet. My one of my great friends, brother. I call him Luca Brazzi. But uh, this is my boy. He uh, he had a tragedy go on at his school, and he he managed to come over there. And we opened him, uh, welcomed him in with open arms, and uh, that was addition. And, and it just all went well. So going through that season, uh, I might add, I was finished up player of the year too. Let's just throw that out there. I was player of the year. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Sutton again because he told me to come back. He told me to come back. I came back. I got player of the year. Boom. Then the next, we go to the tournament. So all that time, I'm thinking like, Coach ain't, Coach ain't lying. Coach focus. Coach on his, Coach on his good coaching this year, man. He on, he on straight business. He trying to, man. He trying to. We got it. We, we right there. So I'm gassed up. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm gassed up. I'm so charged up. We going to the, um, 
to the uh, Big 12 tournament, and I get to play at the Dallas Mavericks Arena. Now, mind you, this all staring back from just the time that, I mean, I didn't have a school to go to. Now, I don't want y'all to forget that now, neither. So you, I want you to kind of like envision what I'm thinking at the same time, too, because I do got to feed my family at the end of the day. So me going out there playing well is key. You feel that? saying? I was just player of the year. Coach, I, 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 want, I think we, Coach finished, let us record to, uh, I think we was 12 and 1 in the Big 12 Conference. And when we got to this tournament, you know, Coach put us on a real early, uh, what's that called, curfew. He had <laughs> study hall. He kept us in the books. He kept us in the book. He wouldn't. He wouldn't let off us off on that. We had to do that studying, and uh, after that, he, it was focus on these uh, little iPads or whatever. Watch the game. We watching games when we right before we go to sleep. We was just so focused that whole tournament, like just so to win it, to actually win it and beat Texas, which was uh, ranked number two or three in the nation, and we were like number four or five. We beat those guys in the championship. I mean, me hugging Coach and, and, and saying to Coach just was like, man, yo, we on our way. Like, the next step is here. You know what I mean? And it was just a moment to where the, the groundwork, all you can look back to is the groundwork from just me coming there. The first day I came there, just coming, first day coming to Memphis with, I had uh, cornrows at the time. Half of my head was braided, and the other half of my head was in an afro. So, coach looking at me from all the way right there, just a lot of memories went past that, that time because we, we, we stuck to the plan. It was just a memorable moment, man. I was actually, uh, I think I got MVP that game. Yeah, I got, I got, I got tournament MVP. And I'm just was thanking it, like, it uh, all. That's, that's, that was an incredible year. You guys obviously had an incredible run. And then – in college basketball, the season just kind of ends in a flash. You guys made it to the Final Four, and you lost to Georgia Tech, and boom, the season's over. What do you remember about the season uh, coming to an end in, in the Final Four? Oh, man, well, the season coming to an end in the Final Four, uh, obviously I was I was a little hurt, but for the most part, uh, like I said, like, like I was just saying, like just from looking back from the first day I came to Oklahoma State, man, I was like I didn't have a clue of what the university life was like. Like I didn't have a clue. All I wanted to do was play basketball, and just through coach, just opening my mind up to so much other things. Just as far as just being polite, being you know, carrying myself as a man, it just it's so much that he had you know he instilled in me, and just. You know, give being putting me in like like a giving mentality, like yo, like it's all a blessing. Make sure you give to others, you know. And that instilled in me too. I I was in the NBA, just contributing to a lot of charities and just showing love. Coach just always putting a word in my ear, man. And he always just been great to me. Man. He always told me, man, keep it to him. Make sure you call me. And I, I ain't let up since, you know. Um, that's, that's basically just me remembering the season, just looking back on everything, not just the season itself. Just even those times where I had to do that extra running, I was telling you, that's that I know I'll never forget. And <laughs> it kept me in shape. So I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm thankful and I appreciate everything coaches did coming in my life. And even till this day, he still got love for me. So. What, what what are some what are some maybe behind the scenes stories that you remember? I, I know you guys had I think your first year there. I believe the Grand Brothers were were redshirting because they had transferred, and uh, I've heard some stories that you guys had some some legendary pickup games and practices and stuff like that. But just what are some stories that maybe people don't know about that that you remember and and still tell to this day? Oh man, oh, some legendary stories. I tell you a legendary story. We put on them head. We put on them helmets and um, put on helmets and shoulder pads. One year, I'm pretty sure y'all heard about that. Oh yeah. 
So I remember us going out to BYU. It was a school called BYU. We played them on national TV. And I remember getting beat by those guys for about like, I want to say about like 15 or something. And Coach got back on the plane, didn't say nothing to nobody. All I knew was when we got off the plane, he said, make sure every – he said, well, soon we got the plane, he said, make sure everybody check in to the football locker room tomorrow. Make sure you get helmets and shoulder pads. Get measured for helmets and shoulder pads. Walked off the bus. I said, what? They say, helmets and shoulder pads. He said, helmets and shoulder pads. Then Sip get off the uh, – Sip get off the bus. He last one. last coach got the bus. He said something like – he said, he said, yeah. We're going to get shoulders and helmet pads tomorrow. No basketball. Because you guys play with no balls today. You got out rebounded by twenty. <laughs> I said, Whoa, that's kinda harsh, coach. I said I said, Okay. We can't do that for too long. Man, the man had us rebounded for about like three hours. Can you imagine trying to rebound with a with a with a, with a what is called what is what is called what those it's, it's like a rim blocker it's like like you can't get the ball through the through the rim no matter what yeah, yeah. always set up for the miss man listen that was strenuous I didn't I jammed my finger like two three times probably had to pop it in place you know the football stuff the football guys go through we was doing that on the court and it was kind of rough for me. I was glad I got out of there unscathed. I was good. But, boy, that was a memorable moment. Coach winning his bag of tricks with that one. You guys had had such an interesting team, and it was a little bit of small ball before small ball uh, with with IMAC at the five. Yeah, with Abbott. You right, you right. What, what what was how did that all mesh together and and when did when did it maybe click for you guys and you knew like wow we're we're pretty good. When when I, when I knew John Lucas could average seventeen points alongside me, I said you know what we're gonna be all right. Then I look at my four man, my four man averaging the double double. Yeah. He's not even complaining about the ball. <laughs> he ain't even he he ain't even complaining about the ball. And my my five man, he the best, he the best garbage man in the world. He getting he getting put back to the put back. He was Draymond Green before Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. Those 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 were some those were some fun teams, man. That the the, the and, and and I feel like the guys that that you guys had that were kind of role players like uh, TC and uh, and Spoon and, and those guys. I mean, oh my boy Spoon. My boy Janava Weatherspoon. Oh man, I'm glad you talk about Spoon, man. Spoon, my boy. Spoon, he's like my the boy. he's like the best dunker per height or per per inch in college basketball history. Yeah, was, and, and and he finished up he fin- when we was coming to Oklahoma State. He finished up in rankings over me. Did he really? Yeah, they ranked him higher than me coming out of junior college because he was averaging like. He was averaging like thirty five or something like he was he was like he was killing it was it was like Antoine Barber. I think this was junior college ranks was it was Antoine Barber, Antonio Tarver, I wanna say uh Tony Bobbitt, Janava Weatherspoon, then me. They had me ranked number five. Wow. I was the fifth best shooting guard. Yeah, I was the fifth best shooting guard. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, man, we'll, we, you've given us a lot of time. We'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Just what is your connection uh, st- with Stillwater to this day? And and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm curious. I, I can tell it meant a lot to you, and I'm curious about just kind of the importance of college and in your maturation as an adult and and as as moving on to to having a family and, and being an adult in the NBA. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, just my whole experience with the people who I who helped me get through that. Basically, uh, I still keep in touch with today, uh, time to time, postcards, uh, you know, VA, social media, uh, texts. However, uh, big shout out to uh, Amy. Uh, I mean, Amy. Her name is 
she's part of the Middlebrook family. Big, or just let's give a big um, shout out to Maryland. the Middlebrook family. Yeah, Maryland. Maryland, Maryland yeah. Middlebrook. Yep, Maryland. Uh, and her daughter Amy, she helps out as well. Uh, just that whole academics that helping 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 me through with my academics and just keeping me in my classes, making sure I get up and go to those classes. Big shout out to them. Uh, that's some awesome behind the scenes people. Uh, let's see, uh, the equipment guys, uh, Mr. Joyner, uh, Randy Pogue, those guys, I, 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 they keep up with me uh, through social media. Uh, who else? Who else helped me along the way over there? Big shout out to Sean Sutton. We ain't said nothing about Sean. Sean was a tough nosed guy too. He stayed on, but he he joked around a lot. He always he ha ha a lot when Coach went around, but when Coach was around, he always <laughs> got on my head. Big shout out to my boy Sean Sutton, uh, uh, Coach Dickey. Uh, huge shout out to Coach Dickey just staying on me and just keeping me in tune with how it is to be a pro. You know, just piggybacking on what Coach would say. Uh, just trying to just every day give me life advice, you know what I mean? Hey, uh, I forgot the, uh, the trainer name. He kept me kept my ankles and stuff uh, cool with the massage therapist lady. I, man, so many people I could I could keep back, but I just keep up with those people through social media. Hopefully, yeah. one day I can come back and coach and you know try to fulfill those legendary shoes. Uh, 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 coach Sutton, which I know would be hard, but uh, I know he would want me to probably probably do that for my next journey, you know, just coaching. And he, and Cause he, I definitely know a lot about the game through him cause of him. And, uh, he instilled a lot in me. And hopefully, you know, one day I could probably put my coaching suit on and lead a team somewhere as close as he did. That's awesome. All right. Tony <laughs> Allen, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, we really appreciate him, uh, devoting so much time to us, man. He, he can talk Kyle. Yeah, we we had asked four questions, and I think we were like twenty minutes in. It, it was uh, we sh- maybe he should just have his own podcast. I mean, it was kind of uh, just incredible. It, I, I always think it's incredible, like how much guys remember from their college days, their playing days. It, it, it's it's astounding, and you can tell that you know Eddie Sutton and and Stillwater and Gallagher Iber and Oklahoma State just really means a lot to him still, and and is. Uh, definitely holds a uh, a special place in his in his memory and in his heart yeah it was really cool to hear the uh the the glenn cyprian story just seeing that orange shirt in the stands for every game and man it's it's wild to think about kyle just how fortunate he was just to even make it to college basketball let alone the nba that story he told where he just boarded a plane and was hoping yeah. that if he played well, he'd get a he'd get a scholarship offer somewhere to a junior college. Like, just think if he had just had a bad day that day, who who knows where he would have ended up? But just you know, those sometimes those um, needles fall in the haystack and they don't they don't end up making it. So it's it was really cool how he kind of forged his own path and gosh, he had a really long NBA career as a result. So that was that was cool to hear kind of the, the humble beginnings that he had because we, we think of him as the two-way superstar that played at OSU. It's easy to forget kind of right. where he came from. Yeah, I'm actually – I apologize again for the, the wind. and I'm on my cell phone right now, but I'm out here at the Byron Nelson. And I was talking to my buddy, uh, his name's Andy Johnson. He runs a, a website called The Fried Egg, and he's from Chicago. And I told him, I was like, man, we, we, had, we had Tony Allen on our podcast today. And he was like, dude, Tony Allen's a legend in Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I, I know. He goes, and he's from, he's from a, a place that, you know, like kind of, kind of a messy place. And, it, it, you know, who knows how many stories there are of people who, who don't make it. And for whatever reason, the everything fell right for Tony and, and to his credit, he kind of took advantage of it and ended up having a great basketball career. We got to get you into the media center. It's really windy. Is it bad? <laughs> it's pretty bad. Is it, is it not good? The media center is so loud. Okay. You, I know you don't want to disturb the, the very frou-frou golf media, but uh, no, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not is terrible. It, it's a little windy. Is that better? I'm, I'm, in, I'm inside now. Yeah, that's, that's a lot better, but uh, okay. But no, it was cool to catch up with him and, um, Gosh, that was a dream guest for sure. We've we've uh, we wanted him for quite some time, so good job on lining that up. 
Yeah, for sure. We, we really appreciate he, he I feel like he could have gone like an hour or two hours. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Carson, we need to talk about our, uh, our throwback of the week, uh, sponsored by Chris's University Spirit. I, I, I think that, you know, we started this last week where we were talking about old Oklahoma State guys that uh, are just kind of legends that, that we remember, stories that we remember. A guy that got mentioned on the podcast that I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, Janava Weatherspoon. Uh, I brought him up to Tony, and Tony just immediately was like, that's my, that's my guy. That's my dude, Spoon. Uh, talking about how he was one of the top-ranked JUCO guys coming out of, coming out of college. So, um, man, he was – you know, I feel like guys like him um, nowadays are starters for Oklahoma State, but a guy of his quality coming off the bench uh, is, is, you know, as we saw with LSU back in, back in the day, that was – of a final four quality team. And that's when he's got guys that are as good as he was coming off the bench. So I don't know. He, he's kind of a, an all time underground cowboy, I guess, legend. Uh, just, I don't know. What do you remember about, about Spoon? I remember that he was a fan favorite because he played really good defense, but more than anything, he was so short, but could like still yeah. dunk, still dunk. Like he had one of the most ridiculous 40 inch verticals. Uh, pound for pound that anyone's ever seen. I think that it was almost urban legend uh, how high he could jump. So he was always a fan favorite, and I remember everyone yelling "spoon" when he would uh, come into the game. But uh, man, that team was that team was absolutely loaded. And you're right, like a guy like him would start on a lot of the teams we've seen here in the last decade. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I remember yeah. spoon. I remember spoon. He you was know, the do, man. Do you want uh, my, who, my guy? Yeah, who's your throwback of the week? Well, I just I closed my eyes and said the first person I think of just just I tried to think of a random player. Uh, the first one that actually came to mind was a guy named Daniel McLemore. Do you remember him? Was he a was he a defensive back? Yeah, he was very very short defensive back, but he was a return specialist. He returned kicks and punts in uh, the yeah. early two thousands two thousand. He was there until 2005, I think, was his last year. So that right in that wheelhouse think, of 2003, 2004, 2005. I think he played in the NFL for a while. Did he? I don't remember that. I think that. so. But, uh, no, yeah, he was he just was... a return specialist, just one of those guys that uh, he played on that. He played in uh, the, just that, that 2003 through 2005 deal, Kyle. You and I were in college. So I feel like we know, like, the entire roster or remember a lot of the roster because that was like right when we were in college but uh, that was the for some reason that was the first guy that, that popped into my head he was a good defensive back but he was a really special uh, return man yeah for sure uh okay we need to hear one more time from our sponsor chris's university spirit and then we will come back and uh, wrap this show up Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Um, what uh, I got to get out of here? I got to I got to get out of the heat, get out of the wind here at the Byron Nelson. What, what do you got going on this weekend? All just anchoring in the studio. We got uh, obviously the Byron Nelson going on. Um, we're gearing up for Karsten Creek, man. I think I might actually be going up there, so I'll be monitoring the uh, the women's golf tournament up there this weekend and really looking forward to, really looking forward to the men uh, playing at uh, at Karsten Creek. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm hoping to get up there probably Monday or Tuesday of next week or maybe both and uh, taking yeah. taking it in in person. Maybe doing a few interviews and um, maybe I, I, Ricky Fowler might be there. I, I've heard he might may, be making an appearance. So it's a who's who. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because be, uh, his uh, his channel or his uh, his channel his his documentary series is going to be there following uh, the team and you know he wants to make a cameo especially if they win so yeah. maybe it's a case yeah. where if they're if they're leading he'll show up I don't know I'm not sure what what's the PGA schedule like next week is he off 
Uh, it's Colonial. He doesn't play Colonial, so yeah, he's off. Well, there we go. He might. Uh, yeah. He might actually show, and uh, maybe you and yeah. I. You think? Do you think uh, Carson Creek will let you and me like get a practice round in? While we're up there. <laughs> Just test it out for ourselves. Hey, we, we got this media event in, in uh, August. Do you think we could like warm up for it this week, or how's that going to work? Yeah, I was really disappointed in our scramble round last year. I really need to get a practice round in. If you guys could go ahead and make that happen, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. I need to get a get a read on those greens. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again to Tony Allen for coming on, and we will talk soon. Sounds good, Kyle. Have a good weekend. All right, see ya.